0: This is Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. It's been a while since we've been able to consider a tour and some COVID restrictions are still in place, but the Motor City Brew Tours are slowly and safely coming back. Jackson's museums are opening their doors for free soon and offering virtual options on Museum Day. History can show us a lot about where we're going And it all comes to life at the Mackinac State Historic Parks. We travel Michigan next, where your trip begins at Michigan.org. Welcome to Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. It's good to be back with you again this week as we explore virtually on the radio the great state of Michigan. And we have to remind you first off to keep that Pure Michigan pledge going. Make sure to do all you can to uh, to beat this virus as, as quickly as we can. And I know there are so many of the rules that are constantly changing because we keep on having these variants and such out there. So please do your part to do all you can. Wear that mask, keep your hands clean, distance as much as possible as you're out there. And above everything else, if you're not feeling well, stay home, because you can travel again later on. Even a you know common cold or something like that can make people very nervous and such. So let's do our part to keep each other safe as we travel out there, to enjoy uh, traveling around the state. And I have to tell you, we're going to start uh, today's program by uh, heading over to Detroit to find out what's happening with a really cool company. that are They're used to doing a variety of tours in a variety of ways. And right now, of course, they can't do it in as many ways as they normally would. But it's Motor City Brew Tours in Detroit. And let's, let's bring in a Steve Johnson from Motor City Brew Tours to find out what's happening there. Steve, welcome to the program. How you doing, Dave? Thanks for having me on. Good to have you with us today. And you know, as I was saying earlier, uh, right now we're not able to tour in as many ways as we would like, but we can still tour to some degree. Tell us what you're you're
1: offering with the tours. Well, uh, like most tour operators and tour guides, I shut down last March, and I've been shut down 100% since then. And uh, my plan at this time is to start walking tours and bicycle tours, so all outside tours, uh, starting in uh, May of this year.
0: That's a good uh, plan. Let's hope you're able to do it and right on schedule, because everybody's really wanting to get back outside, wanting to get back to Detroit to check out what's happening. And The thing with your tours,
1: uh, you have a pretty unique type of tours that you offer. Explain that to us. Well, I started Motor City Brew Tours back in 2009, and the initial, uh, I guess, business plan was to put people on a bus and take them to typically about three breweries, about one an hour for tours and tastings and kind of the VIP treatment to really understand what's going on with local beer in uh, downtown in Metro Detroit. That morphed into uh, walking tours that were similar, except you just walked instead of being on a bus. And then uh, eventually we also added in bicycle tours and bicycle tours are a little twist where you learn about the history of the city. So there's typically like a theme tour, like a beer history or prohibition or automotive history. You do that whole tour and then you finish where you started, which was at a brewery. And then you go in and socially have beer uh, with folks at the end of the ride. Those are kind of the three core things and then we also work with the Detroit Princess Riverboat uh, seasonally and we do beer tasting boat cruises which we also didn't get to do last year because they were docked. We're hoping to get to do that at some point uh, in the summer and eventually also bring back the bus tour part. Of the business
0: yeah let's cross our fingers you'll be able to do that sooner than later but eventually of course you're going to be able to get back to that when we get beyond this uh, pandemic and all the effects that it has caused well the neat thing is i love the way you've added kind of the detroit history to some of the tours i, I don't even drink but i do like to sample uh, craft beers in michigan because we have some pretty unique uh, beers that are being crafted
1: tell us about the beer scene in detroit people might be surprised that it's uh, pretty significant it is a lot of times we give a lot more attention maybe to the west side of the state because we have a couple of the larger breweries that have eventually become more you know national craft brands. But in Detroit, we've always had a very, very diverse scene that really started, uh, it started in the 90s and has kind of continued to ramp up just like the rest of the country. And now we have a, a very diverse offerings of uh, breweries in the downtown and Metro Detroit area, nearly 50 as you kind of bundle in suburban areas And uh, lots of different choices pretty much anything you would ever want you could find in the downtown and Metro Detroit area
0: well now do you include things like meaderies because you know we have so many things in Michigan now craft beer wineries distilleries
1: meaderies I mean uh, cider uh, cider places I mean everything's out there that's a great question Uh, yes uh, we like to say we take people to places that make beer hard cider and mead those are our kind of three focuses. We, we typically haven't done spirits and wine. Typically, it's a little bit of a different audience is what we found. But we've definitely found a similarity, a commonality between folks who like beer that also like hard cider and also like mead. So for folks who don't know, mead is fermented honey, hard cider is fermented apples, and then beer is a fermented type of grain, typically uh, barley, uh, but can be other things. And uh, so we'll intermix those in our tours. And we've had some all-mead tours, for example. We've had some all-hard cider tours to take advantage of that. And again, that that brings in some more diversity in our area that sometimes you think might just be on the other part of the state, but we really have a lot of that going on here too, uh, especially with hard cider and mead. Well, of course, now that you're going to be offering
0: just the walking tours and the biking tours for now, that means that you're going to stay in that kind of Detroit downtown region. But as soon as those uh, boat tours and and bus tours open up, I'm sure you're going to get to a a greater region. Now, how can people learn more about Motor City's Brew Tours, and uh, how can they uh, schedule a tour with
1: you? There's lots of great ways to do it. The easiest way is to go to our website at MotorCityBrewTours.com. Or they can reach us on facebook and instagram just by typing in motor city brew tours you can find our page that way we can book all our tours online and it's a very easy to check our schedule and find something that fits for yourself we do public and private events so lots of public offerings but you can also hire us if you have kind of your own pod and you want to do a whole private tour that way we are available in that capacity
0: fantastic motorcitybrewtours.com the website check it out they hope to uh, start tours again in may so let's cross our fingers thank you steve johnson for being with us we'll be right back at travel michigan where your trip begins at michigan.org It's Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. And you know, the state of Michigan, even in this difficult time, we're starting to reopen. Things are starting to reopen. Spring is finally here. The warmer weather is back. And I know that people's vaccinations are making people feel much more positive about the future and encouraging them to get out there. So it's it's starting to feel more like normal. Not to the point where we can travel around without our masks on, by the way. So let's keep on you know, being careful as we travel around there uh, and make sure that we are part of the solution as we move forward. Hey, we're going to head to the Jackson area next to find out what's happening in Jackson these days. Let's bring in Craig Hatch. He is the president of Experience Jackson. Craig, it's great to talk to you again. Hey, it's great to be here. Thanks, Dave. I think the last time we talked on this program, it was actually not too long after the shutdown and then we were starting to reopen again. But things were, you know, just getting going, you know, for last season. And now that uh, we have more openings, more businesses are opening up again, I suspect Jackson is kind of coming back to life as well.
2: It really is. And it's, it's highlighted by our downtown Uh, Downtown Jackson is becoming, especially, you know, with with spring coming and coming into the summer, along with, uh, obviously, we're trying to come out of the the COVID things. uh, It's just been very vibrant and exciting. The shops have been putting together their events, um, our car shows and everything else ramping up, uh, and, and all the downtown events we normally have trying to come back. It's been very exciting to see all the activity and the positive nature of what's happening downtown Jackson.
0: Well, actually, it's interesting you mentioned car shows because I'm noticing them popping up all over the state, and I think it's a great example of an event that can be operated safely with still, you know, encouraging distancing and all that. I'm sure they're probably parking the cars farther away from each other than what they used to do, but um, you know, you can try to try to distance as you walk around through small crowds and still see uh, these cars that I know a lot of people are really passionate about. When are are some of your events? Uh, uh, scheduled to happen
2: uh well of course we've got hopefully uh, everything continues to go well and we have our Gus Macker, uh, in July midsummer. um everything else you know downtown Jackson every month there there are car shows we have sip and shops with our downtown uh, shopping and restaurants this COVID is actually our downtown shops and restaurants have, have always worked well together Uh, But this has really put them in a position to all sit down at the table and actually, you know, they've been working with Experience Jackson, working with the chamber and the community to put on some events where they're all working together, bringing in some pop-up shops and really making a fun Friday, Saturday or Sunday downtown Jackson. And really the best way uh, to know when those weekends are happening is to go on to experiencejackson.com and go to the calendar and it's all right there for you.
0: Well, you bring up a good point. Whenever you go through a bad time, if you don't learn something from it, if you don't learn to adjust and uh, find new ways to operate, be more innovative, I think you're really missing out on an opportunity for the future. And there are going to continue to be you know, changes the, in the way that we operate things. I know that, for instance, your museums, which are offering uh, a special activity pretty soon, uh, they, they've started to do some virtual activities and such, and I expect that's going to continue on in the future as well.
2: Yeah, actually on, uh, on May 8th we have Museum Day, which is presented by uh, Experience Jackson and the, the Local Arts and Culture Alliance. And this is, the, this is number four, and of course in the past it's been all in person. And some of the museums will be in person, those that can, and, and some will not. But what uh, COVID has created is a virtual tour of all of our, the, the 11 participating museums here in Jackson. And it's a great way to see these museums, to get a feel for them, and to real, for the folks outside of Jackson and in Jackson, to realize what we have here. I mean, with the, with the Ellis Sharp Park Museum, the Hearst Planetarium. If you haven't seen it, uh, it's amazing and it's a place now they're, they're, they're allowing events and, and they're working for, to help people bring, whether it's a wedding or some sort of reception, um, really trying to adjust what they've done in the past. But just a great place to visit. Uh, ye old car Carriage uh, Shop. Uh, what a great, if, you ha- if you're a car buff, there is some history right there in Spring Arbor and some cars that you will see nowhere else in the world. Um, the Michigan Military Heritage Museum. Just there's so much great museum and heritage right here in Jackson that we want to promote it. And how do you promote it? Let's show folks virtually, which is the way we're all learning these days. And uh, we're really excited about that idea to have that option um, on that day as well.
0: You know, Craig, I'm really surprised to hear Eleven, to tell you the truth. I've been to the Ellis Sharp Museum. I've been to your county museum, and I've enjoyed visiting both of them but I didn't realize you had so many museums. I look forward to checking that out.
2: Yeah, uh, again, uh, on Museum Day, May 8th, you can see them all virtually. Uh, All 11, we're putting the tours together now. Um, They'll be available. And of course, uh, come and see them. And if you don't come that day, certainly take a look at those virtual tours and find the ones you want to visit. Give us a call, reach out, and we can help you with your planning. And, uh, yeah, there, there are 11 great museums right here in Jackson.
0: Well, of course, in the era of COVID, everything can change from day to day. So I always recommend, you know, going to uh, check out, you know, kind of know before you go. So experiencejackson.com is a great website to learn about that. Uh, so for the, uh, the May 8th event, uh, do you have any idea how many of those museums are planning to be fully open for for um, in-person visitations or is it still kind of evolving?
2: It's still evolving. Uh, the best way to keep up on that is again, go to experiencejackson.com backslash museum day and all the museums are there. There's already some information on all of them and we'll continue to update uh, which ones will be in person and which ones uh, will not. Some of them will have kind of the open house style. Uh, some of them will have the self-guided tours, of course, with all the social distancing needed. Uh, And some of them will have some great family and and kids activities as well. But all of that's still being kind of put together. And, again, the best way is to go to the website and keep up and uh, take a look at what's happening.
0: So how many of your uh, restaurants and such have uh, kind of reopened for business? Are most of them open now?
2: Most everybody has reopened. And as I said, it's been great to see the community support them. You know, in this process of having to follow the COVID rules within the restaurants, uh, they've done a, a phenomenal job with everything have, the restaurants have, have had to go through this last year, year and a half. It's great to see them open. They're, they're all open. They're all uh, asking for guests, all of them. Some of them took some time to even wait to open their dining rooms and just did the takeout. Everybody now is open and, and doing well, and we're excited to see all the folks supporting them.
0: Uh, you know, I suspect that uh, in most communities, uh, these kind of temporary outdoor dining places are going to be a thing of the future. People seem to really like that.
2: Yeah, downtown Jackson, uh, the city did a really good job stepping up, working with the restaurants, uh, being strategic and smart in, in taking some spaces on sidewalks, uh, a little bit of the parking, and allowing the restaurants to build these outdoor spaces. And And you're right. Through the, uh, through the summer of COVID we had, when they were allowed to open with those outdoor spaces, people loved it. And the restaurants have adjusted and built some pretty cool, creative spaces here downtown, mostly in Jackson. Again, all the restaurants have done it. Uh, but it, it's, it's added to the experience, and I expect to see it to continue.
0: Craig, have you noticed uh, more and more people are, are looking for outdoor experiences, even you know, in our, uh, our city uh, environments?
2: they are and you're seeing even some of our venues uh, try to that our indoor venues try to build an additional outdoor space for an additional event or to enhance the events they have going on and you can see the people using the space enjoying the space and and whether it's because we we feel more comfortable being outside as we adjust to life with having covid or just the feel of being outside in a beautiful spring summer fall day Um, it's been great to see those those additional amenities added.
0: Well, I can't wait to uh, head back to Jackson, uh, one of the many places that I haven't been to for way too long because of COVID. So, I'll get there soon myself, and you need to as well. Uh, please consider on May eighth uh, this museum um, kind of museum day in Jackson, where uh, many of the museums are going to be opening up for free and. I love the fact that uh, you're going to be able to see them virtually as well. So I want to thank Craig Hatch, president of Experience Jackson, for being with us today and encourage you to go to that website to learn more. It is experiencejackson.com, the website to learn not only about that Museum Day event coming up on May 8th, but about your visitation to the Jackson area, plenty of hotels, restaurants, all the other amenities that you've come to Uh, desire and hope for and expect on your trip they're open again so check it out again experiencejackson.com we're coming right back on travel michigan where your trip begins at michigan.org It's Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. We continue to get ready for those warmer temperatures on a regular basis all around the state of Michigan. I know I've been getting out there and traveling safely and of course wearing my mask when appropriate and and making sure to uh, do my part to keep everybody safe as we travel the great state. And, you know, this is a, a really popular time for people to get out, often for the first time since winter. You know, I, I'm always complaining that people don't get out enough in winter time. So those folks who have been uh, getting that cabin fever, now's the time to get outside, to start traveling, and to go to places maybe you haven't been to for a while. I know a lot of people are going to be looking for kind of small towns that are lesser known or lesser traveled so they can socially distance this coming warm weather season. And boy, do we have a great idea for you. I don't know if you've ever been to Sheboygan, but it's a great little town on the northeast part of the Lower Peninsula. And we're going to tell you a little bit about that and some really cool things you can do on the water by bringing in Jennifer um, uh, uh, Dowker. Jennifer, that's how you pronounce your last name, right? Dauker?
3: It. Yes, it is.
0: All right, thank you. Um, yeah, so Jennifer is from a company called Nautica, Nautical North Family Adventures. And I can tell you that I had the great pleasure being with Jennifer and her crew last fall. It was late in the fall. I was up in Sheboygan with Tom Dalton and Jim Edelman from the PBS TV show Under the Radar, and we were recording some segments for Michigan.org on safe travel, and we were told you need to talk to Jennifer and go out on a tour on Nautical North Family Adventures because you're really going to enjoy it. And I have to tell you, um, I had not heard about this yet, so I didn't know what to expect and we had the time of our lives. So Jennifer, it's great to have you on our program to learn about what you're doing up there.
3: Ah, it's fantastic to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: You you bet. Well, tell us first a little bit about Sheboygan. It's a great little town, lesser known uh, than, you know, the other side of the state, that Traverse City region. But uh, tell us a little bit about Sheboygan and how you ended up there.
3: It is. Well, this is my hometown. Well, actually a little bit farther away in Onaway, but Sheboygan is a nice little small town set apart from the hustle and bustle, if you will, of Mackinac City mm-hmm. and um, a little less populous in the summertime, which makes it a great place to get together with others and, and like you said, socially distance, So,
0: Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, it's not as busy, but, but it's just as beautiful. Uh, really cool. But how far away uh, would you say in minutes um, Sheboygan is from Mackinac City?
3: Yeah, we're just about 15 minutes from Mackinac City, so it's a quick little trip, and there are plenty of things to do. So you get all of the beauty and less of the stress, I like to say.
0: Well, and it's a beautiful drive. If you uh, head up to the tip of the mitt, maybe you are in the Mackinac City area, looking for something really cool to do, that short little drive east to Sheboygan is going to give you a lot of things to do. It's a neat little town. Beautiful, really. And one of the things you'll want to look for is Nautical North Family Adventures. Now, we should set the scene. Uh, You have this beautiful boat called the Yankee Sunshine. Tell us about that first.
3: Hmm. So that boat is only about three years old this year. We had that specially designed to run glass bottom boat tours in the Great Lakes. Uh, ordinarily, those boats are meant for the Caribbean. So um, we worked with the Coast Guard and with Newton Boats and manufactured that boat specifically for this business.
0: And it's it's like a big pontoon boat, right?
3: It is. It's a 36-foot long exactly that glass bottom pontoon style um there aren't pontoons underneath it but it's a pond it's a big kind of looks like wide that. Yeah, yeah it's a big wide boat it seats 28 we have a nice roomy head um for those of you non-boaters that's a bathroom <laughs> yeah um yeah and some and a about eight glass panels that you can look down and see all the things underneath the water.
0: Now I'm trying to remember, is the entire boat covered with a roof and then the sides are open or is it uh, just a part of the boat?
3: Yeah, so the entire boat is covered so you're out of the sunshine for the majority of the ride and then there's eyes and glass around the top or the front third of the boat. Yes. So it's protected somewhat from the weather in the front.
0: Yeah, if you get a little, you know, cold snap or whatever while you're out there. And, of course, mm-hmm. when you head out into Lake Huron, which uh, you do with some of your tours, uh, that is uh, something you're going to experience. It's going to get cooled a little bit there. So one of the things that people might want to uh, be aware of is make sure to uh, to wear the proper attire, which usually for me means bring bring a fleece or something like that when you're on the big lake. Uh, for those days. So yeah. y- you're going to start up uh, your operation um, as soon as you can, right around May 1st or so?
3: Yeah, this year we're hoping for May 1st. Actually, each year I aim for that. This year, it looks like it might actually be possible with our early spring.
0: Yeah, you never know. We The melt <laughs> came really quickly and we had all that really warm weather and then back and forth like it always is. So you offer tours, um, you know, as the season gets along, uh, twice a day?
3: Sure, we'll start out with twice a day at uh, two o'clock in the afternoon and then a sunset tour, which is really neat because we have underwater lights on the boat. So we do the whole history tour of the river and go past the three lighthouses and talk about the history of that and the lift bridge here in Sheboygan. Catch the sunset right at the mouth of the river, which is absolutely spectacular. And then head around the 14-foot Shoal Lighthouse and then in Duncan Bay over our three shipwrecks and flick on the underwater lights and watch that illuminate the wrecks, which is really Uh, beautiful.
0: I'll tell you, we really enjoyed it. Um, Mm -hmm. Didn't know what to expect because we had not uh, really done a research on it. We just knew that it was a glass-bottom boat. We'd go out there and check it out. And and as is the case um, in that area, there are so many shipwrecks, in uh, Lake Huron, uh, basically from the tip of the mitt all the way to Thunder Bay, that um, you can find a lot of them. And, and, and so the, the shipwrecks that, that you go over, do you actually know the names of those boats and those ships that went down?
3: Yeah, we do. We go over the Genesee Chief, the Leviathan, and the Jenny Lynn uh, with the glass bottom boat on a regular basis. There are a few other that we could go over out there and actually, Nautical North Family Adventures offers dive charters, too, in Mackinac City. So a lesser known fact. But we wow. go over about four, or we go into, I should say, or we visit about 14 shipwrecks up there. Wow. So
0: Neat. Um, I don't like getting my ears wet, so I'll stay on the boat. <laughs> right. so, 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 yeah, so that's neat, too, that you can do that. Now, mm-hmm. we should bring this up, that uh, you're also looking at expanding your operations into kayaks this coming year.
3: We are. We just went down to purchase 10 brand new 10-foot kayaks this past weekend. So we'll be renting them out. And then we're kind of playing around with putting together a nature or an eco tour to a weekly event. So...
0: Well, I, one of the things that that I did uh, with uh, Tom and Jim when we were there is uh, we actually went through a little walking tour, like an eco tour, through a small little park right where you, very close to where you you keep your boat in the marina there, and um, that that was that was a neat experience as well. And so that's the thing: if you come to Sheboygan to uh, jump on the Yankee Sunshine you can check out the area, um, make sure to maybe stay overnight, in fact, because with the opportunities to do the kayaking and other experiences, I mean, you could spend a couple of days there and really enjoy yourself.
3: Easily. And and again, I'll, I'd like to repeat, even in the less populated areas, or I should say, especially in the less populated yeah. areas during this time, it's really the best way to go. We have a lot of nature preserves that you can walk and along the lake shore and even like you said one right across the river from the Yankee Sunshine and was it's a brand new one, so yeah. they put some neat things down that trail.
0: I really like that. Now, Jennifer, you're a former teacher, which explains why you did such a great job in explaining what people were seeing on the tour. Uh, and I think that's a real important part. It's not just a boat ride. You're learning, you're being educated, and it's enjoyable as well.
3: Exactly. And, and you know, I know you don't like to get your feet wet or your face <laughs> wet, but we do offer snorkeling over the, over the shipwrecks, I'm sorry every single day so
0: that's neat so you do a little bit of everything uh, snorkeling. another fun <laughs> yeah another thing in Sheboygan you do the snorkeling
3: we do mm-hmm. right that... over the shipwrecks that you saw out on the boat so
0: neat um well I'll wait for the warmer weather to consider that but that might be something that that we do as well um so you're you're starting operation you hope by May 1st the mm-hmm. website to get more information and can you make reservations on your website
3: Absolutely, and I encourage it. Things are filling up rather quickly this summer, which is exciting for me, of course.
0: That's that's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that website is nauticalnorthfamilyadventures.com. It's a long one, but believe me, it's well worth it. (laughs) Check out the website, (laughs) and then uh, get ready to head up to Sheboygan. You're going to really love this, and Jennifer, you guys did such a great job. Uh, I'm going to encourage everybody to get up there this summer. That website, again, nauticalnorthfamilyadventures.com. Adventures.com for more information and make sure to tell Jennifer you heard it right here on the radio. And uh, uh, seriously, you're going to have a great time. Jennifer, thanks for being with us today.
3: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Appreciate it. The website, one more time, NauticalNorthFamilyAdventures.com uh, for, you know, all those things. The Yankee sunshine, uh, glass bottom boat, the, uh, the kayaking opportunities are going to be there this coming summer and uh, snorkeling as well. Wow, it's it's a lot going there, so check that out. We'll have more for you next right here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at michigan.org. it's Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. We get to go to one of my favorite places next, and I bet it's one of your favorite places too. We're going to head up to Mackinac Island. And of course, all winter long, even as the island has been open, you might not know that, but uh, you know, it's not like the island shuts down. You know, The, the season officially starts May 1st for most And I can tell you that all season long during the cold weather, there's been a group of people at the state historic parks, the Mackinac State Historic Parks, that have been preparing for this time of the year, preparing to invite you to safely visit. And they're led up by a friend of mine, Steve Brisson, who relatively recently became the director. So Steve, congratulations for that and welcome to the program.
4: Thanks, Dave. It's great to be here with you.
0: Really good to have you with us as we uh, start to anticipate our next visit to Mackinac Island. Uh, first off, we need to explain what the Mackinac State Historic Parks are as a grouping of parks because it's really unique and historic parks are different from the, you know, the quote-unquote normal DNR parks. So explain that with uh, for us, would you, Steve?
4: Well, uh, sure. Um, well, Mackinac State Historic Parks is it's uh, uh, sort of an autonomous agency uh, umbrellaed underneath the DNR, and we operate parks at the Straits of Mackinac, um, including uh, Mackinac Island State Park, the oldest state park in Michigan, which encompasses uh, a little over 80% of the island as part of the park. And within that larger park, we have uh, a number of historic sites, with which I hope anybody who's of the island is familiar with a few of them at least including uh, Fort Mackinac a number of downtown buildings the art Museum um, and uh, a number of others and then in Mackinac City we operate um, uh, Michelchi Mackinac State Park within that are two historic sites colonial Michelchi Mackinac the 18th century fort and old Mackinac Point Lighthouse and then just outside of Mackinac City is our third state park um, Mill Creek State Park and uh, uh, most of that is taken up with another historic site, uh, historic Mill Creek Discovery Park. Well, so I, that's our that's our little empire at the streets. Yeah.
0: Of well, your little treasure, really, because man, oh man, it is a treasure for the state of Michigan to have this um, this collection of historic parks all at the tip of the Mitt and on the island. Uh, pretty unique, um, you know. So, for people who have never visited the historic parks before, let's give them a little tease of what they can expect when they visit. Let's start out with Mackinac City if we could. Uh, tell us about uh, the fort there and um, I don't know if you do you operate the lighthouse as well?
4: We do, yes. Yeah. Uh-huh.
0: Tell us about that that whole uh, collection of really cool places there.
4: Sure. and uh, that's right at the right at the tip of of the mitt, you know, right underneath the Mackinac Bridge, literally uh Michela Mackinac State Park is underneath the the, the, the bridge as you cross it, um, uh, heading north. Um, And it is Michigan's second oldest state park after Mackinac Island, created in 1909. And um, it became a park uh, way back over a century ago because it had historic significance, because it had been the site of uh, a fort at the Straits of Mackinac since 1715, first under French control and later by the British. And that little old fort had never been forgotten about. Even after it was moved to Mackinac Island in 1780, people, historians remembered that the fort had been there. And when modern day Mackinac City was created in the middle 1800s, the community preserved that area of land as a public park. And so the site of that original fort was never disturbed. And then in 1909, the residents of Mackinac City uh, said, oh, this is too important a historic site just to be under the control of our, our village. We're going to donate it to the people of Michigan. And so it became Michigan's second state park. And um, we sort of operated at, as more of a natural history park for a number of decades until, um, well, the 1930s, we constructed uh, a fairly modest uh, reconstruction of the original fort. And then in the 1950s, we began um, a professional archaeological investigation of the site and the fort that you see there today is the result of that archaeological um, um, effort so it's been reconstructed off- authentically based on the archaeological uh, finds um, uh, and Mackinac back in the uh, 1700s had been uh, the center of the fur trade up on the upper Great Lakes and and um, Uh, So it was historically very significant, and that's why it was worthy of of reconstruction and, and preservation today. So people can enjoy Um, all that that site has to offer, learn about the fur trade, um, um, the important uh, military significance of the fort, and uh, enjoy musket and uh, cannon firings throughout the day, um, open hearth cooking demonstrations, and a number of uh, historic tours exploring uh, life at this site as lived well over 200 years ago.
0: Of course, during the, the COVID period, is that archaeological dig continuing
4: right now? it did we were able to uh, continue it uh, last summer uh, under some restrictions but uh the archaeologists are able to work separated and they're outdoors which is the best place to do anything under covid so we were very blessed to be able to operate that that because it has been going on since 1959 That yeah. on archaeological dig that's the oldest ongoing archaeological investigation uh, in north america today and we've done it every summer since, and we would have been sorely disappointed oh, if we couldn't have done it last year. Wouldn't that so have it, did, sad. it did continue, and we will continue this summer, of
0: course. Yeah, well, that's great. I look forward to, to seeing that. Now, um, of course, you have the beautiful lighthouse there, and people need to check out that park and, and see the lighthouse. Are, are people allowed to go into the lighthouse?
4: Uh, they are um and uh, the, the lighthouse was established in the late 1880s uh, sort of on the the opposite end of the bridge where you see Fort Michilimackinac and it continued in operation until um, 1957, uh, and that's because the Mackinac Bridge uh, uh, replaced it as a lighthouse. You know, the lights on the on the bridge uh, made uh, the little lighthouse on the shore yeah. uh, obsolete. <laughs> I suppose. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, we acquired it from uh, the federal government a, a few years later and have it restored as uh, Old Mackinac Point Lighthouse. There are three original structures on the site, all restored. People can enter and visit. Um, uh, we, Because of COVID, we have, have had to postpone uh, or shut down last summer and this summer, the tours up the tower, but the rest of the lighthouse is, is, is available for visits. And last summer, we completed the restoration of the second floor of the lighthouse. And so that was open for the first time ever to the public last wow. season. How nice. And it's, the, yeah, the first time people have been all out on the second floor of the lighthouse to see uh, what the keepers' uh, uh, quarters were like on, on the second floor.
0: Well, if all you um, have time to do is just to stop there for a picnic, it's it's worth the visit just it, it, to, yeah, to see it. It's it, really it's a, pretty. Great,
4: it's a very easily accessible lighthouse. You know, yeah. um, Michigan has so many wonderful lighthouses. Some of them are fairly remote, however, but this one is. is, is On the beaten path. So it's a a great lighthouse for enthusiasts and and amateurs.
0: Yeah, true. Now, um, just east of Mackinac City, as you head on the main drag there toward uh, Sheboygan, you find Mill Creek Park. Tell us about that.
4: Um, That's uh, similar to Michelin Mackinac. That's the reconstructed site based on archaeological investigations. This had been back in the beginning in the uh, late 1700s and running through the 1830s, a water powered sawmill. And it provided lumber, particularly for the Mackinac Island community. After the British moved the fort and settlement from the mainland to the island, they needed a a source of good lumber with all that new construction activity. And uh, uh, this little sawmill was operated on the mainland to provide uh, that. Uh, So it's a fully uh, reconstructed mill based again on that archeological and historical um, research and and people can can actually witness uh, the uh, you know uh, uh, the power of the water as it powers this machinery mm-hmm. and logs are are, are, are cut into sawn uh, lumber
0: well what I um, what I really like about that is not only can you see those you know historically you know significant important things you, you see how they do all this it's a lot of fun but there's also the um, the zip line there which is a lot of fun hey Steve you know people tell me this all the time but I have to say it to you this time time. Uh, This time has gone fast, and we're already running out of time. We haven't gotten to the island yet, so let's have you back. Let's have you back very soon. We'll do that to talk about more of the Mackinac State Historic Parks. For more information, go to MackinacParks.com. That's all the time we have for Travel Michigan. We'll talk to you next week here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at Michigan.org.